Hello, and welcome to the second episode of Behind the Splits. Now, admittedly, it's taken a while to produce this second episode. I've had a lot of things happen in my life recently that have made side projects such as this and streaming a little bit more difficult. Uh, for just a quick life update for anyone who's wondering how I'm doing as we <clears throat> continue in 2021, uh, I began working full-time actually in a public school, working in classrooms as an ed tech with students. This is a really exciting thing for me, just because I hope to be a teacher, educator in the future, and so it's really good for my career, uh, but it's also made side projects hard. I also moved and actually plan on moving again, uh, so my living situation's been changing a lot. But through all of this uncertainty in my life, the podcast still continues, and I have a great guest with you today, GTM. GTM is a young prodigy in the speedrun community. So don't be surprised if in five years down the line, he's a much more common name. We talk about speedrunning, mentality, his young life coming up through the internet, and what it's been like for him amassing an audience. I hope you enjoyed this as I really enjoyed the conversations that we had. Thank you. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah, so kind of the idea of this podcast for if... For other people that are listening that may not know is kind of to interview and learn more about the speedrunners that we all like and you know I think in the past few years that you've you've been a person in, in the Mario community that's really come up and people now are more you know aware of you just because of your grind and the rise that you've done in 16 stars so I think asking these questions about both your about your gaming background and your stream and what's that been like for you um, both as like a streamer and as someone who's doing it you know at, at a young age I think that would be really interesting for everyone to hear so are you ready to get in the questions of course. cool so I like to start out with this question because I'm always interested in what people have to say but tell me about your gaming background were you always interested in games um, or did it really start with speedrunning um, yeah, I mean, I've pretty much always been a gamer since I could think and move my hands. Um, I remember, I think my parents would just, like, go to flea markets and buy, like, handheld games for my sisters. And, like, I got to play on those sometimes. So, like, some of my earliest memories are um, playing, like, Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga on my sister's Game Boy Advance SP. And I think she also had a GameCube. So, like, I was probably, like, five or six or seven, pretty young. So, like, you know, I, I've been a Mario fan for a pretty decent portion of my life. Um, afterward, I think around the age of eight or nine, uh, I think I bought, like, Minecraft. I remember my cousin helping me buy the game, and I was pretty much hooked on that game from, like, ages eight to 13, 14. So, like, when, when I turned 13, I started getting into speedrunning some more. That's really interesting. I You know what's funny is I remember when... Minecraft like the alpha version came out and I was like just exiting middle school and I I just like I feel like that's one of those games that like when people look back at a generation that'll be like one of the most defining games of like an entire generation's worth of just like kids I mean I, I don't know if you also feel that but I, I just feel like anyone between the ages right now of like 10 to 10 to 25 10 to 30 like has played Minecraft to some extent I mean, I, I definitely think it's not a stretch to say that, like, Minecraft is, like, a classic already. A, a new classic, if you will. Mm -hmm. No, definitely. 
So what are the origins of you and Mario? You said you had those GBA games and you had the, you had those handhelds, but uh, what are kind of some of the origins with you finding Mario as a speed game? So um, I think, so funnily enough, like most people, they, they like talk about, oh, I was into Mario 64 as a kid. I played it a lot as, you know, like any millennial would say, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. And they like, they found Siglemic's grind in 2012 or 2013. All these well-established runners. Um, my, my story is a lot more different. Like I didn't even know speedrunning was a thing. Like even when I first touched Mario 64, Mario 64 DS, because like I remember seeing all these Taz videos, but like, I never thought much of it. Um, so me like getting into Mario speedrunning just uh, it kind of happened sporadically in a sense because like so there there's this Mario sixty four ROM hacker Kazen Manuar. Uh, he's pretty well established amongst the the ROM hacking community, and um, I remember he was like making this ROM hack that was just a physics mod of Mario sixty four that just added Cappy into the game, but like. Cappy was incredibly busted. You could like <laughs> capture yeah. any object in um in Mario sixty four. So like doors, you could like do all these insane um sequence breaks. So when I saw him do that with like the the moat door, when like the the moat still had the water, I thought, ooh, I could do that. I could speed run this hack. So as soon as soon as he published the new version, I started like getting into that. That was like um, I believe early twenty eighteen. So I was like. 13 around this time so that, that was like my first foray into speedrunning was a uh, speedrunning that rom hack not even vanilla and just for clarification for any future listeners this is being filmed in um may of 2021 so that would make you 16 now 17 yeah i'm 16 now yeah so and it's funny you i think of like when you think of players who speedrun mario and compete at the top level they've all been playing for a long long time and comparatively you haven't been playing that long yeah definitely not because like i think my three-year anniversary is on uh, july or june 18 2018 so coming up on three years that's crazy and so why don't you do you want to tell people like what category you run and what what are some of the things that you're known for do you want to you know give like a list of your accomplishments um well right now i'm sixth place in 16 star uh, i really only speedrun that category people kind of like clown on me for it for like never doing a 70 run which i haven't yet um but yeah i mean people just kind of know me as a, a high level 16 star speedrunner that's a uh, pretty pretty active in the community like on twitch and twitter mm-hmm. now is are you sticking to 16 star mostly because it's you have unfulfilled goals or do you is there something about 16 star in particular that kind of draws you towards that category um honestly i would say it's a pretty strong mix of both because like 16 star is a short perfect length for especially for like beginners but like because of how short the category is there's a lot more riskier stuff you can go for that makes it a lot more optimized which i think in turn makes it a more interesting um category to watch and also, uh, the the unfulfilled goals part just kind of has to do with, like, me wanting to go for a sub-15 time, you know, 14. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that definitely makes a lot of sense. It's sometimes tough for me to, like, watch 120 runs, even, like, high-level 120 runs, just because the idea of 
just watching one run for hour and a half two hours is it's a lot sometimes and i i I would never like personally i don't think i could ever speed run a category like 120 star or any any category that's multiple hours long i don't know how you feel about that i mean i I, i'm in agreement with you there because like 120 is honestly such a it's it's such a long and grueling category because like not only do you have to play so consistently but like you need the stamina to keep up that consistency because like if you lose and run in like tippy that's like an hour and 20 minutes of your life that you lost because because you lost a pace or to some mistake right whereas with like 16 it's like 10 minutes of your life yeah in 16 you can lose yeah 10 12 minutes of your life uh or you can you can just lose you know some amount of time and you just die in blj's which can be frustrating for a lot of people who run 16 star yeah, it's, uh, it's not a fun thing to lose a run to the OJs ever, but, like, I'm sort of numb to it, really. <laughs> yeah. So, one of the things that I thought would be really interesting to discuss would be, uh, in the past few years with you running 16-star and you, you know, gaining a top time, you've amassed a, a fairly sizable community and a following within Mario. Mario 64, if I would say, has probably the largest one of the largest uh, online followings and platforms for speedrunning um and with that you've kind of sliced out your own pizza the pie uh and what you've been able to accomplish so can you tell me what that's been like in kind of grinding working your way up and what you're left with right now is just a, a pretty sizable community for both your stream and for your twitter um, it's definitely it's definitely a unique feeling because like um, in school and stuff like p- people knew me but like and I I've, I've never really had that feeling in real life of having a friend that's always there with you so like when I when I realized that there are people wanting to like both like financially and like I guess emotionally support me in my journey and like my whole online stuff that I do um it's it's honestly a great feeling that people actually care for me that much because like. You know, it's, it's not something I've ever felt before. And um, it's nice to have a community that just, like, wants to interact with you. Like, they want to see more out of you. They want more, you know, stream content because, like, they just want to watch you. Right. Would you say in some ways it's, it's validating? Um, Definitely. It does feel very validating because, like, I guess 16 stars, like, sort of seen as a quote-unquote meme category because it is rather arbitrary, but, like... Um, despite, you know, that kind of being an unknown fact, people, like, still want to watch me for, like, not only who I am, but the gameplay, which is, you know, a pretty big part of the stream, and what I'm working for is better gameplay. Yeah, and to kind of explain to some users who may not be, or some listeners who may not be fully aware, um, 16 Star only exists because uh, it's pretty much the legacy, it's the grandfathered in any percent, if I'm correct. Uh, that's correct because um when so 16 star used to be the original any percent route before um sboj got discovered and then there was a ddd skip so it it is pretty much a a meme category in essence yeah and now while it may not be any percent i think the even with zero and one star being around i i still genuinely feel like 16 star is more popular because you 
get to finish the game quickly and you get to play, but you also don't have to do SBLJ, which is probably the the most hated skip in the game, just by far. Definitely, because like um, I'm sure um, more people who like have been around in Mario for like the last year remember um, Lunar Jump's one star grind. Um, yeah, how, like he would always, or or Dowski even. Yeah, you know, even losing yeah, runs to SBLJ. And they would lose their minds. It would it's it's almost numbing how you would have a perfect perfect LBLJ and then you would go to Dark World and you'd get an insane Dark World time, and then you would go do SBLJ and you would basically piss away a Tsukushima, <laughs> a Tsukushima Dark World because you you just couldn't get the clip. It's it, it, it almost feels bad watching those zero one star streams of just like how mentally taxing that can be and that's something that we're going to talk about both you and i about how that can feel like during a run yeah can you tell me a little bit how it's like being a streamer that streams on a platform where a lot of your viewers are actually older than you like you said earlier you're streaming a game that's 26 years old going on 27 uh and most of the people that I know who watch and play Super Mario 64 played it as a kid. So how do you view that kind of relationship and how has it been for you kind of gaining popularity in this game that you are younger than most of your audience? Um, it's it's a pretty unique perspective, I'd say, because like when you become pretty well known and like a trusted member of the community, like people are going to start recognizing you more because I'm like, I'm sure like people who obviously watch Mario 64 on Twitch a lot and are like, you know, avid um, viewers of uh, speedruns, um, they, they'll probably recognize me for like being mod in every chat as that's sort of become a sort of a community in-joke. Um, but it's interesting because like people are always like, wow, you're 16 and playing at a high level? I, I could have never done that at your age and like... I mean, it's interesting because I'm I'm 16, right? And I'm already at a high level, and like it's kind of shown me that I could realistically achieve anything I actually like genuinely care for. And um, let me think. It, it's also kind of, I guess, humbling if that makes sense, because like obviously being mod in a lot of chats and like being well recognized you kind of like gotta gotta teach yourself how to not completely abuse that power because like i sometimes ban people as like uh practical jokes and they're like ah, d colon gtm is a tyrant mod what else is new <laughs> <laughs> but um i think it kind of serves as a a good general life lesson to like you know be able to understand my power and the influence i have and try not to like abuse that entirely like obviously i'll still make like mistakes and like say something that'll upset someone or um you know just say something that is out of pocket to say the least so i mean i don't know i feel like i'm i'm still growing a lot as a, a person obviously because you know i'm 16 but uh it's, it's 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 both a learning experience and a a great feeling really yeah i think that's super interesting i, I like how you kind of tied in the learning experiences into that just because I don't when I was you know your age growing up being a teenager I never really found in the internet as like a place where I grew up and I learned a lot of that stuff and it sounds like from you like this experience of what's been happening 
as of late um, has really helped you kind of like learn things both about yourself and about others and you know everything in between would you say that's would you say that's the case definitely because like um i'm sure like when you were on the internet um it, it was more of you know the wild west there weren't like all these um dedicated platforms for everything like you know youtube twitter twitch all that stuff it was a uh, it's kind of just like alphabet soup really yeah a little bit i'm i'm not i'm not super super ancient when it comes to the internet stuff but uh yeah I'll, you can definitely pinpoint like some of the older members of the mario community it's and it's crazy to think about that mario speedrunning has actually been around quite long compared as a speed game compared to a lot of other speed games um before there was any usamune roms before there was really anything i mean a lot of times if you look back at like the history of the game you can look back at like speed demos archives and just a bunch of other different uh websites that were hosting these speed runs and you can see that there is a, a long history um of this game and having a competitive scene that kind of predates both you and i uh being active members in it and also well in my case being born <laughs> yeah 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 so we talked a little bit about you coming up and being kind of like running your own community and being mods in other communities and a lot of times when i think about people who run their own communities i think of it more as like a captain of a ship you're really the one in charge and you're making sure that you know nothing bad happens and what is represented of your community is represented of yourself so do you want to talk a little bit more about how that's been not only managing your community but maybe managing other communities and what you've learned from that I think I definitely learn a lot about like what what people are primarily interested in, you know, from me as a person. Because like, um, in Mario sixty four, really, the the two main ways of getting popular in the in the speedrunning community is to either be one good at the game or two really entertaining. And sometimes you can get an even mix of that. But um, generally speaking, I've kind of noticed that like, well, I do have like my sort of own um, niche community. Um, I, I I get the feeling that like a majority of my viewer base is just because I'm uh, considered a world record contender and like while there are some people that like frequent my streams for just me um, it, it definitely uh, puts a, a perspective that um you know people really only want to watch the the big runs because like let's say I'm, I'm doing 16 star one stream um, I'm getting like 150 viewers for example and then like the next stream if I uh, stream some other video game like I don't know um, Yakuza 0 I'm sure like maybe 20 people that like want to actually watch me for me would also want to watch that stream so um generally speaking when you build a community you kind of like see through the lines in a sense of who's there for really you and who's there for the runs right i think a lot of streamers experience that i and you know that's something that i notice a lot of streamers when they get big it's very fearful of them to try to if you make your name in a game right so like for people who are world record holders or for people who've made a livelihood out of streaming one game at times you can feel burnt out and you want to do something different but for a lot of times it's fearful because they might destroy their stream and with how twitch works you may not know if you're ever going to get back the viewers that you have if you switch streams have you ever felt the pressure to just to continue to run 16 star over other games just because you're fearful of alienating your audience 
I don't think so because like you know obviously um I guess it's a little cheesy to say this but like you know the real ones will stick around if I uh choose to either just speed run another game or just like stream you know something completely different um I will bring up for example D whatever um he he talks about this kind of stuff on stream a lot where like he wants to branch out to like I guess more variety content and like this is uh sort of reflected in more of his recent YouTube videos where like He's playing Mario 64, but there's a spin on it. You know, it's a, it's a ROM hack. And um, um, he's just, like, he's trying his best to, like, keep his content speedrunning related. But at the same time, it's a little difficult to do that because, like, you know, he he's really only known for um his world record run, you know, the sub 47 and 70 star. And I think that's honestly been burning him out a lot. Like, I, I love D-whatever, don't get me wrong, but, like, it's, it's kind of just like a noticeable effect that like a lot of the time even though he wants to keep on playing 70 star he's like also just kind of burning himself out because he like he has bigger aspirations beyond you know 70 star and speed running mm -hmm. yeah no i i mean i think that's something that a lot of people can understand where especially if it's something that you rely on for income it can feel like you're almost trapped in a sense and i think even beyond d whatever i think a lot of people within the speedrunning community find themselves in those positions for those of that choose to do it as a means of income supplementing income so i guess i kind of want to ask that question back to you how do you prevent from being burnt out in super mario do you like take breaks often do you try to do other things to kind of keep you even keel what are some things that you do to make sure that you're not burnt out all the time um i mean it might be a, a little egotistical to say this but i feel like i probably have one of um the best or like you know one of the better mindsets um when it comes to speed running this game because like burnout is a thing that many runners face of course you know when you're trying to go for this goal but you get so hell-bent and you you lose track of certain things you lose sight and you just kind of feel lost you feel like you're not going anywhere like you plateaued in skill but um it's not necessarily something i really felt like ever it's a little weird but like i don't know i just kind of take time off when i don't feel like playing and like if i start feeling like mental or emotional exhaustion i just like you know i give the brain the, the brain the game a break or two you know a day off um, but like the, I think a couple weeks ago, I tried taking like four days off, right? And like after like day one, I was like, I was feeling the itch, man. It's like, it's like crack or something. I was genuinely addicted. Like, I started holding my controller and watching my PB back and like trying to mimic the inputs I make in my PB because like I wanted to play Mario, right? But like I figured, you know, for my own sake, I shouldn't be turning on my N64 quite yet. Mm -hmm. But, um, I don't know, I just kind of try to take certain days off when I feel like and only play when I want to, not to feel, like, pressured. Because, like, although I'm going from, you know, 14 or even world record, which, I mean, I guess both are pretty synonymous, like, I try not to push myself too hard. I only want to go as hard as I can, you know, to prove to myself that I can do this. Yeah, I think that's really smart because... I feel like a lot of times when goals are internally based instead of externally based, 
you get good results. And I think you have a mix of both. I think that's fair to say because you are going for a 14. You are going for a world record. Like you said, they're synonymous because what the world record's like a 14.9, a 14.7. It's like 1459.33. Yeah, yeah, yes. I think having that external goal as something that you can strive towards is important because I think people in every facet of life need goals, right? To push them, to make them do things that they wouldn't normally do and put in the work. But also the fact that you're doing it for yourself and you only do it you only do it when you feel like you should do it. I think that's also important. Exactly, and like um, going back to D. Whatever again. I, I don't mean to clown on him. I, I love the guy genuinely, but like, I feel like part of um him still doing speedrunning just kind of has to do with the fact that like it's his only source of income. And like, as fun as it is to speedrun, when it starts becoming the only thing that brings in money for you, that kind of like introduces a new problem into speedrunning than just like you battling yourself mentally, because you also have to like you know um deal with um numbers and like views and like those not being good enough and like that that can honestly be like so mentally taxing like if you're not playing well you don't think you're doing well at all and i, I think simply went over a point like that where like he got attached to um his runs and like when he started pl when he when he wasn't playing good he didn't feel good at all but that's like that's just not who he is or what any speedrunner is as a person Right. I think it's really important not to make yourself worth your PB or how good you're doing. And I think part of it that I think of when I think of Simply, for example, is Simply took a long time to get world record. But I don't think anyone really cares because he had the world record at one point. No one says to Simply, it's like, oh, you got world record, but it took you eight years, so no one's going to matter. People respect... The work that they put in so because simply put in the work and he got the world record he was already a respected member but that just kind of like elevated uh what people thought of him and respected him in the community and i think it's i think it's the same is true with everyone people at least in mario for speedrunning, people respect those who put in the work and when you look at the most respected runners in the community a lot of them are people who have just put countless hours into runs into Usamune into anything to make sure that they have it down and that's why so many top runners have respect of so many people I agree because like you know um really if you put in any amount of time into anything you are genuinely passionate about you will eventually see success but then there comes like um, other runners who like you know they come along and like they they're they are so pretty fresh to the game but they've improved so much faster than you have and like i'll bring up an, an actual example like this is an ongoing thing for me where like um green suiji who has been playing for less than a year i think 10 9 months right he already has a 1521 he started speedrunning 16 starting like june or july right and like in a sense, it's nearly demoralizing to me as a person who's been playing for nearly three years and is going for 14, right? And he's already getting 14 paces out of, like, SSL, you know, like, really good split times. And, like, it's almost like a spit-on-your-face type of thing, but, like, it, it just kind of, like, puts into perspective how different people are able to progress than you, right? So, like... 
Yeah. Uh, it, like I said, it feels demoralizing, but at the same time, like, you, you can't lose sight of what you really want because, um, um, I was kind of, like, talking about this to Slippery Nipple. Like, he, 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 he just kind of told me that, like, I shouldn't be demotivated by other people's success because, like, at the end of the day, it's a video game, really. So, like, <laughs> um, I, I'm a little foolish in the sense that uh, I kind of get, like, upset or um, a little demotivated by Suiji improving a lot faster than me. But, like, I guess, you know, the camaraderie and all of the speedrunning and the community itself is uh, what really pushes everyone else to keep on making their goals. Yeah, I think... You know, if runners before you, for example, never pushed the 16-star time down further, who knows if you would ever be going for a 14-time, because if runners in the past never pushed the game, uh, perhaps the time that everyone thought would be, like, the lowest possible would be, like, a mid-15, you know? It's actually a really great point, because, like... Um, I remember when I first, like, started getting into 16 star and speedrunning. Um, I think one of the first world records I ever watched, um, was, uh, Ouija's 15.17. I thought, I thought that was insane at the time, and now my PB's a 15.09. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so, like, his grind inspires me, and, like, so, so does Lunar Jumps. Like, obviously, I'm not really on any sort of good terms with him at all, but, like, his grind and his motivation, his passion that he puts into this game has inspired me to keep going. And I, I hope that like by the time I'm finally um, satisfied with 16 star that um, my grind will also be immortalized in the sense that it'll keep on inspiring other people to play and like even push the time lower than uh, what's currently conceivable. Yeah, I think that's a lot of like the camar camaraderie that you alluded to earlier in speedrunning is it yes we are all competing like that is what speedrunning is you're competing against yourself you're competing against other people but it really does feel like there is a, a community camaraderie in the sense that we're all trying to improve we're all trying to get better and we're all trying to beat this game as fast as possible and it, it just feels like most people are just trying to help each other and help the community out at the end of the day um, definitely, uh, it's it's honestly one of the most beautiful things about Mario sixty four and Spirit itself is like it's it's big, but like it's not big enough that you'll get lost. It's not like an already oversaturated medium, you know. Mm -hmm. So earlier you mentioned how you were talking about your composure and how you feel like you have a different mindset than a lot of runners when speedrunning. So one question I want to ask you, and it's funny, I I, I feel like almost like i'm asking an interview question for like a jobs it's like what would you do when you experience challenge so in that same vein what do you do and what do you think goes to your head when you start feeling tilted when you lose a run really late or you just feel like you can't get runs going do you f get tilted do you f feel rage and speed running how does that translate for you um i find it pretty hard to like express emotions it's more about I guess personal thing in the sense that um my dad never showed much affection to me growing up and still doesn't you know never said uh i'm proud of you son you know um i think that's kind of affected the way how i'm able to verbalize my my emotions both you know frustration more tender stuff so i think that kind of plays a role in how i uh express tilt because like 
I'm sure most people who watch my stream will be able to know that like I really don't get angry or upset on mic that often cuz like if I lose a pacer um if I lose a pacer I'm just like oh that that's unfortunate you know I just kind of shrug it off but like when I get stuck in lobby and I've expressed this both on Twitter and on stream um I just get kind of like upset with myself but like it's in it's a, it's a confused kind of upset feeling cuz like I have practiced so much of this game and put so many hours into this game just practicing all of the tricks and going through all these things and yet I make these mistakes, you know, like common mistakes or even unheard of ones, right? And it's just like it's confusing because like you'd think with how much time I've put into this game, this this kind of stuff would never be happening, but it still happens. Um and there really isn't any sort of explanation for it because like when other top runners express their frustration like other top runners are like yeah i feel you man but like there isn't much to say it's it's a common feeling we all feel but there's not much discussion to be had it's just it, it almost feels like we're trapped within ourselves because uh part of speedrunning really is like the the mental side of things and how you deal with that sort of stuff but uh i don't know i just kind of get frustrated to myself in my head and then i just kind of walk it off later you know but um i don't think i necessarily get upset or rage as hard as like someone like ouija for instance who like you know slams and breaks controllers pretty often i just kind of kind of shrug it off and uh mauled in my head for a little bit and press on yeah i think that's a really good mentality to have don't want to be spending too much money on controllers <laughs> but uh <laughs> i think that's actually one thing that i heard cheese say one time and cheese mentioned how a big part of speedrunning that doesn't get talked about is the mental side of it and how important that is and a lot of people both cheese simply and other people cited when simply got his world record the biggest thing that kind of he overcame was the mental aspect of the run and and do you feel like for you to get the times that you want and for you to get the goals that you want do you feel like you're in the mental state or the 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 game state mentally to achieve those goals or do you think you have more work to do um, I would say I have, like, more work to do in the sense of, like, actual gameplay, like, grinding out consistency, like, because, um, I started implementing Tsukushima into Dark World Reds, and, like, that, that's that been coming along pretty nicely, but, um, in terms of working on, like, mental stuff, um, people, th th this is a term that gets thrown around pretty often, people often, like, develop a, a mental block, quote-unquote, and I've never really understood that term, but mental block, I, like, it feels like such a, a buzzword that's thrown around in speedrunning. Um, but, like, there, there is a huge mental side to all this speedrunning stuff. Like, like Chi said, it, it doesn't get talked about often enough. And, like, I feel like part of it has to do with the fact that, like, it's all just sort of a jumbled emotions that, like, are pretty difficult to verbalize. No, yeah. I, it is hard, and... I think what you said earlier was really important that you may not know that that's a thing having mental blocks or getting frustrated when you play until you talk to other runners and then you realize that every runner feels this way every runner gets tilted because they can't make it out of lobby every runner 
practice his stars over and over again and they can do 10 times in a row perfectly but then in a run they'll make a mistake that they never make before and just how demoralizing that can be and i think once you talk with other runners about that and you see how common of a thing it is it i think it makes people feel better sometimes yeah because like it's almost comforting in a sense that like you're not alone in your um your own mental suffering in that in that way because um I know Zufi, for instance, he uh, started implementing uh, salt cannonless into runs a while ago, and like he still messes it up pretty frequently. And um, I mean, me personally, I just think that's because he does the setup really weird. But <laughs> um, he also just like I think he gets too in on his head because like um, Zufi is one of my favorite people in the in the Mario community. But um, I definitely think his mentality could be a lot better because um, when you're a 16 runner, you just kind of get used to. Um, losing runs to really dumb stuff or like you know bojs which are often considered rng like you just you get used to that feeling you build a tolerance from that kind of demoralization when playing the game but like zufi for instance when 70 star doesn't really have like any pretty rng heavy stuff like um bojs like a trick that's super rng heavy um it, it gets pretty tough when you don't have like as much experience with those kinds of things yeah, no, I can I can see what you're saying. This is I get why people say BLJs are like RNG, but like I kind of like internally like just I I don't think BLJs are are as random as people say. Like there are setups no, to, no, make, no. to make <laughs> BLJs. Hear me like, out. There are setups hear, to hear make. Me out. Yeah, what's up? They they are ninety five percent skill based entirely. Yeah, yes, like okay. So here's the thing with BLJs that like I really think people sleep on is that like there is there are setups to make it so that like you should clip on like the bottom stairs and you should mash at a specific timing like and if you do that like you will get blj's much more consistently i think people just like kind of close their eyes and just start spamming a and then just like oh didn't work yeah that's that's exactly the problem with blj's and like what what beginners often struggle with is that they don't realize that there are actual setups and methods to get it super consistently. There is a reason Aki was able to clutch out the 16 star world record as well as Dowski or even Kano. Because like, while we still mess it up, you have to realize that at the tail end of a run, when we have a pretty pretty consistent setup for BLJs, we are, we're, we are shaking in our boots trying to get <laughs> this setup on pace. And like, that's, that's why we mess it up so often on pace is that like, we just... We don't get the timing right, but there there is one hundred and ten percent an exact method. I really do think BOJs are a solved construct. I've even developed uh, my own sort of mashing method. Um, Dowski showed this off, but like this is how I managed to get BOJs fairly consistently. And although it's not like you know ninety five percent like I said, I feel like it's definitely increased my consistency because like part of the magic of the BOJs is having an incredibly consistent rhythm. Like I'm, I'm I can't stress this enough. Incredibly consistent. Like, this mashing method, um, when done pretty well, it gets you an 8-flat. And, like, getting 8-flat for BLJs, that is the sweet spot. Oh, it, you know what's crazy is I actually, I've seen this tweet. I, I, I've, I've seen this tweet before, actually. Someone, someone showed this tweet to me. So, earlier, we talked a little bit about jealousy and how that can kind of play into negative thoughts and mindsets of speedrunners do you want to kind of can you talk to me a little bit more about how that's affected you and kind of what your views on that are 
Um, it, so jealousy for me in speedrunning often feels like an uphill battle because like earlier I mentioned how like green Suiji has improved so much faster than I ever have. And it, it feels pretty demotivating and demoralizing to me as a runner and grinder who's like, I like pride myself on the fact that like I go pretty hard at this game and like get the results and like, you know, the screen Suiji guy, he comes uh, out of nowhere really, out of, out of the ROM hacking scene and like just goes ham with the strats and improves and gets to like 14 tier level in like eight, nine months. Yeah, and, and um, sorry to cut you off, but sorry, this this also isn't like coming out af- coming after Green Suiji. Like this is just like this, yeah, this, of course. Like this is just like saying like how the 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 jealousy isn't isn't the best thing. Yeah, like Green Green Suiji is a great guy, genuinely. Like a, a very impressive and talented player. Like I would say he's practically already surpassed my skill level, despite you know the PBs being different. But um. Yeah, I just kind of, like, it becomes a, a real mental battle with yourself, like, not only in speedrunning, but, like, other people competing with you, because, like, the second someone else starts improving better than you, you, like, just get this strong, like, toxic sense of jealousy with yourself, like, oh, I'm not good enough, like, the, the second someone starts being better than you, you get angry at them for improving and succeeding, and, like, it just sort of serves as a as a personal journey for yourself to, like... Cause like I feel like this will probably be more applicable to me as a person, like probably even anyone else as you grow up. That like people are going to succeed and be better than you, no matter how hard you work for something. And I don't know. I just I think it's something that's gonna follow me throughout the rest of my life. Um, like even this sort of situation, but like in a different context. Yeah, I I mean, I think no matter where you look in life and you kind of just said this but just kind of reiterate no matter what you do in life it's it'll be very 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 rare that you will be the best at something there's so many people in the world talented amazing people that it's it's just impossible and even in speedrunning even if you get a world record it's very likely that that world record will someday be broken so i mean just just think of all the insane world records that's you know the current 120 people in Mario have held, you know, Cheese, Simply Punkation, um, Dora, Batora, yeah, like all, all of those people. Th- those records will be broken, and someone new will come along. Um, it's all just about being prideful and what you've accomplished. I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah, because like you, I guess I sort of like gassed myself up a bit, like you know. I'm going to start getting a little too comfortable with, like, having an ego in a sense. Because, like, you know, obviously, I I mentioned earlier, I pride myself on the fact that I'm pretty good at this game. But, like, when I see someone like Suiji um, getting good at the game, it it brings me back down to earth and realizes, hmm, I got, you know, I keep your eyes front, soldier. You can't lose (laughs) sight of everything. Yeah. You mentioned briefly about how you feel he may have surpassed surpass you skill wise and even though there's a difference in pb can you speak to more of that because i actually find that really interesting how applicable do you think someone's pb is to their skill level um so there's this funny lunar jump clip where like he he like uh makes fun of someone for saying my pb doesn't reflect my skill level and that is pretty true to a certain extent i feel 
because like um man mud for instance he got like uh i think he got a like a 10 10 or 10 11 hmc which is like for a player like slipper nap aki or Kano or um ouija they, they could all easily 14 with that and man mud that got that kind of hmc exit but his pb is still a 1530 and 16 star so while he may not necessarily have the consistency he very much has the potential to like push um that kind of like pace further and like get get a PB that's more realistic to what he he is more likely to achieve than a 1530 because um when you get a certain PB and you don't PB for certain months if you keep on playing and improving um you know in the background your next PB will be more accurate because like you know you're always trying to improve even if your PB isn't necessarily a reflection of your current skill level you know because um um, so I've had this 15 month for like over a month now and that's you know a little demotivating that it's been over a month because like um, sometimes I get PBs within like you know two weeks of each other right you know a bunch of PBs and like you're on a roll and then you just kind of hit a roadblock but like even in all that time that I haven't PB'd I still feel like I'm improving as a player because I'm still trying to upgrade my movement and be better than I previously was in my current 1509 so well, I do think personal bests are a very big reflection of your skill level. As more time passes on, if you keep on playing, it's not necessarily something you should really, you know, like look as a strong reflection of your skill level. Because um, you you know what you're what you're really capable of as a speedrunner or like really in life, you know. Um, because right. if you're this passionate about speedrunning like I am, then I think you you kind of know what you truly want to achieve in this game. Yeah, no, I, I, I can definitely agree with that. I think it's also one thing to remember is that the higher level you are, the harder it is to PB. So uh, I, I think it only makes sense that like once you get to a certain point in any category, if you're a top player, it's unrealistic to expect you to get a PB like all, all the time. Um, I think that's like one of the most fun parts. It's funny, I just started learning and playing 70 star so like for me to get a gold split is more free than i can even like they are giving gold splits away <laughs> like yeah. so for me like learning 70 it's like oh i got another pb i got a i got a gold split it's easy um but then for someone like you like i'm sure whenever you get a gold split it's like a really big deal it's like actually like epic and then whenever you get a pb it's obviously amazing but it's also much, much harder than to someone who's at a lower level. Yeah, like, the time saves has honestly gone, like, pretty small um, when it comes to 16 star, because, like, really my biggest time save, although cliche, um, is BLJs in 16 at the moment, but, like, everything else, like, everything else is very close to my golds in, uh, in 16 star, and, like, um, when I save like you know 0.5 on a gold, which like is pretty rare now, but um, I, I golded next recently. That, that that was like like by a huge amount. Like I see my sum of best um go down from 1448 to 1447. Like it, it it's it's a good feeling because like you know golds have just become so much more rare. Like like actual gold, you know, like right. finding a gold nugget in, uh, in water. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, definitely. All right, I think that's going to be it. Thank you, NGTM, so much for joining me today on the podcast. It's been a lot of fun talking with you, learning more about you, and kind of your journey so far. And I'm really excited to see 
what you go for as far as your future goals for Mario and streaming. You, I know you just recently got um, partner on Twitch, so congratulations on that. That's that's really awesome to watch, and I can't wait to see, can't wait to see you go forward. Well, thank you very much, and thank you for having me on when I asked you to uh, let me on the podcast. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's been an absolute pleasure. All right. I hope you have a great day, and I hope everyone listening also has a great day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to Behind the Splits. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. If you'd like more regular podcast episodes, make sure to spread this. That way it can grow and I can begin to branch out past the Mario community. I'd love to touch in with other active speedrun communities. You can find me on all social media platforms, bloodbraid underscore elf. And you can find GTM on Twitter at GTM5471. And GTM double underscore on Twitch. Thank you. Have a great day.